Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Mool, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a midsummer chat show. A slightly different one, actually. I've assembled uh, an alternative team. I'm doing what Gary Rowett did the other night in those two friendlies played at Bromley and then at Dartford. I've got two teams going here. A completely new set of voices. One familiar voice in Neil Fisler. How are you, Neil? Good evening, Fiona. <laughs> Thank you. Fiona Bruce, that he means. Take the mickey out of me. Yeah, for those people that don't know, Nick put something on uh, WhatsApp last night that he's going to chair this like Fiona Bruce. So we're all going to call him Fiona tonight. And what I meant, I'm going to talk across anyone I don't disagree with and shut them down if they're saying things I don't like. Anyway, um, so good evening, Neil. Good evening to Graham Payne, our show regular, but first time in this kind of environment. Graham, how are you, mate? Good, Nick. Thanks for inviting me on. I think we're welcome. Good to see you. Another voice I think we've spoken on the show previously, Matt Richards. How are you, Matt? Yeah, really good, Nick. Yeah, and uh, good to be here. Evening, everybody. Good to see you, mate. And Evening, last but not least, um, I think, well, we've certainly spoken previously. It's John Rankin. How are you doing, John? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks, Nick. Hello, everyone. And thank you for inviting me on. You're welcome, boys. Good to see you all. I've written, my, I've done a series of um, talking points for the shows. It's quite difficult midsummer, chaps, really, because I find it's quite difficult to come up with an awful lot to talk about. Um, I personally can't bear friendly matches, and I deliberately try and avoid them if I can do. But we had, we've had a series of friendlies recently, uh, most recently at Dartford the other night. So I thought it might um, might be a good starting point to talk about the, the Dartford game. We also played Bromia behind closed doors, so we haven't got an awful lot we can come up with on that. Um, uh, John, I mean, you, you you were at Dartford. I don't know if any of the other chaps were at Dartford the other night, but you you were there, mate. Um, how, did it, how, how did it feel to be back at the football? And how did we look to you, mate? Well, it, uh, yeah, like you, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not really into friendlies as such. Um, but I took my son... Uh, he's 15. We had a bit of a nightmare trip getting there, and the the place was was pretty full. I think the attendance was just under four thousand. Yeah, they said that. yeah, yeah. And you know, it was kind of a bit strange, really. You walk in and and you don't know where to go. We had a bit of a problem getting in. There was some jobs worth on the gate. You know, no disrespect to Darford, sorry, <laughs> but it was 
he had this app on his phone and he was trying to scan this stuff. And we said, look, come on, mate, you know, don't worry about that. So he bowled in. Um, it was kind of sussing out, you know, where everyone was. Most, yeah. It was mostly Millwall there, I've got to say, uh, because I suppose that's where our demographic is now, you know, in that neck of the woods. It was packed out. It was hard to park. It was... Like Millwall Circus had descended on Durham, you know. Um, <laughs> it really was. Anyway, no, it, it was okay. I, I tell you what, you know, I mean, my uh, they looked pretty good to me, Dartford, as, a, as an outfit. They were up for it. I mean, they all looked pretty fit and sharp and they were passing the ball about and they packed the midfield and defence out, as you would imagine, mm. made it hard. But, you know, we looked all right. Um, I think... Obviously, in the back of the mind of players is not to get injured. So any sort of really 50-50 balls, you know, people weren't really slamming in. I mean, which is to be expected. But the Dartford boys were. I don't mean they gave a flying uh, hoot about it, really. They, they looked very committed. And it was great. A phobie played well. Really ran it up front. I've always been pro Benicophobie myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, he really did show what he's about. Um, the angles he was running, the way he was closing down the defenders, you know, very, very good. You could see his quality coming through there. Yeah, it was an enjoyable night, very hot. There was um, a bit of a tear up between a load of 13 and 14 rows, <laughs> which actually stopped the game. <laughs> it stopped the game, did it? Did it? Okay. Yeah, well, they were just they were just sort of bullocking around the stadium. There's this sort of stadium where you you, you, you can walk, you get, we had general admission tickets. So we walked in and we were just sort of looking around and we found somewhere to settle on because we were yeah. a little bit up. And these kids with their um, mobile phones and their vapes, you know, were bullocking around and running about and it just got a bit sort of, you know, a bit feral, feral youth of Dartford. I mean, Matt, you were there. Did you see any of this feral, feral behaviour? Yeah, I did. I was, um, I was just in the corner, um, uh, just by it really. I'm not, not far away from it. And it, yeah. yeah, as John's saying, it was it was weird. All of a sudden, as you say, it was in the it was in the second half, wasn't it, John? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Dartford fans walked around to the um, mill when, as it were. But again, mm. you know, you, you can't really work out when you're walking the ground. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly he started rushing. Yeah, I know. And it was it was all a bit excitable for about five or ten minutes, and then it just kind of calmed down. It was like two old part-time old Bill there. Um, they, they kind of, um, I think they put their sandwich down and they thought, well, we better go and do something now. And um, they walked in, they didn't really know what to do and just stood on the pitch and like shrugged their shoulders. Like, oh, I don't know. And um, I mean, there's, there, I don't know if you saw it, John, but there was a woman photographer there. She must have had a field day. She, she couldn't believe her luck. She was like snapping away there thinking, that, you know, I'm going to be on the front page of the Dartford News or something like that. And um, well, But yeah, it was, it was all kind of, yeah. it, all, it, it died down pretty quick, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was just high spirits. And I mean, you know, a bar yeah. stand, I think Jake Cooper got some of the little kids out from where they were rushing about and brought them onto the pitch. Did, and did, uh, did. You know, it, it, it wasn't, the atmosphere was interesting. I don't know about you, Matt, but I mean, I never, I saw Tyler Bury scored a cracking goal. I didn't go oh. bizarre because I'd do it, you know, at the den. It was kind of, it, it was, it was a, it was, it was a, a weird, run out. it was a run out, wasn't it, you know? It was it was a weird thing. I, mean, I took I took my daughter, and I've only taken her once before um, to Middlesbrough last year. Um, so she'd never seen Millwall score. So she was, and we, and we got there twenty. We got there twenty minutes late because of all the, all, all the yeah. I know me too. Tried to follow them for twenty years. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, we got there late, so we missed the Phoebe's goal. And then she's going to me. Oh, it's quite quite late, and she's oh, 
oh what time what time what time is it dad what time is it and then like and then of course uh, Tyler scored a screamer and she saw that and she absolutely loved it so um yeah, yeah it, but it was, it was a weird atmosphere wasn't it it was a, i mean friendlies are yeah. weird anyway but i mean it was they, a weird kind of weird things yeah. yeah no i mean we were talking about this earlier on there weren't my friendlies as a as a general concept i mean you, you've kind of got to have them but I, I i made it my my personal rule not to go to them unless i really really have to pre-season friendlies are a means to an end all as they are yeah with your fitness up yeah we can do all the fitness training you like down at claremont road mm. but this is how you get your match fitness up and you know to be honest i, I went through a stage where i didn't miss a pre-season friendly went to ireland and the yeah, yeah, yeah. And something on them, but to go, I've been to places like Hampton and Richmond and crap, crap holes like that farm, yeah. and they don't hold any appeal anymore. You just, yeah, but the game against the Swedish club on Wednesday night that would be quite good because it's something a little bit different. But they are just a means to an end, aren't they? Yeah, but they're to get the players' fitness up and to maybe fill up the coffers of a non-league club who you know, get a little bit of extra income. Uh, you know, other than that, uh, they're not really worth jack. Well, I mean, Graham, I mean, there's always this online hoo-ha about when, when we will tour abroad. I mean, it always makes me laugh. I mean, I, I personally couldn't, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't get out of my pit to go to Dartford, let alone go to Portugal <laughs> or uh, I don't know where else they want to go, Germany or Ireland, you know. Um, but, you know... We, we do seem to have a, a routine with these. I mean, a game at Darford, <laughs> a couple of behind closed doors I see at, uh, well, Copers Cope Road and Camel Road. We've barely left. Um, we've not even gone out the M25, have we? No. And then we've got Colchester, haven't we, tomorrow night. And then well, Colchester's the Swedish really game. <laughs> yes, the Swedish game and then Ipswich to finish. And I think, I don't yeah. think they'll ever go. I mean, they're talking about this Swedish team. They're sponsored by a Husky and all. And they're saying, will there be a return game out in Sweden next year? <laughs> Oh, see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think behind the closed doors games were because Fleming didn't have a work permit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah that did work. Yeah. Probably, really. um, you can't play him in front of a paying audience, if you like. So certainly the Bromley game was almost certainly arranged to give him another game because they couldn't play him that night and I yeah I know that he's now got his work permit but but what with the home office working from home I don't think there was any guarantees that they were going to get it as quickly as they have got it so so they were going to look to maybe have one or two games and the yeah yeah the game last Saturday against the Nigels there's no way they were going to let a crowd into that were they no 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 I, yeah, let's face it, the old Bill would be having a fit, wouldn't they? You could get on the sauce in Beckenham, couldn't you? Get on the sauce in Beckenham, bowl over the Copers Coat Road, three parts yeah. pissed. You can all know what hit it. <laughs> but to be fair, though, I've done two or three tours in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. The only trouble I ever saw was when St. Pat's turned up to have it with uh, Shelbourne. One and went off in the home end, and Millwall fans were just sitting there pissing themselves, laughing as to what was going on. 
and you had these huge police presence outside the ground because the because the big bad Millwall rings. The feared name of Millwall is there, yeah. We looked at them and they looked at us and it was almost, what in the hell are you lot doing here? Yeah, there's never a hint of trouble at some of these games, or yeah, well, at most of these games. I think if you were to go to Eastern Europe in some places, <laughs> then they would... <laughs> Millwall's <laughs> take it to Ferenc Varos to get them. Yeah, that would be uh, that would probably be more difficult. Mentioned Bromley. That was a, that was a behind closed doors at Calmont Road. Uh, Bromley nil, Mill five. Uh, goals for Evans. Some quite a spectacular goal for George Evans. Actually, he seemed to almost um, he seemed to clip it on on the on the run from the edge of the penalty. It floated into the net. It was. It was I mean, the angle that I saw the footage of it, it, was, it was quite hard to get the full uh, flight of it. But it looked quite a beautiful take from what we've seen of it. Um, mm. Two for Evans, and one for Bennett, one for Malone, and an own goal to make it a final. Some of the results have been not bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what can you, you just, yeah, what can you read into? I mean, this, this is this is the trouble, I think. I do find myself thinking, oh, like like you said, oh, five nil, two nil. That's good. We haven't, yeah. you know, we haven't let you. But it's it's a pre-season friendly, isn't it? And it's against non-league clubs. But you, you kind of find yourself getting caught up in the in the high of it. And I thought it was a good performance against Palace as well. You know, especially four goals, four goals. Yeah. Man. I mean, a good, goal from, uh, good goal from Fleming and all in that game. So, yes. Uh, spectacular. Yeah. Wasn't it? Shot from the edge of the penalty area. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I do wonder a, whether we're all having too much wishful thinking. I, I, I put my hand up mm. listeners, yeah. my hand up. I, I want to be optimistic and I want these pre-season results to lead me to a series of high tempo attacking displays when the the, the league kicks off on the 30th. But um, I mean, I don't know about you, John, but I've always been, I've always found the better you play in pre-season, the worse <laughs> we begin in the real thing. Well, I mean, yeah, I watched the Crystal Palace game uh, with my son on the, uh, on the, it's not on the stream. So I was sort of, you know, I, I was living and breathing every moment with, with, with this ZN or Zion Fleming. Yeah. To me, you know, it's a gamble. I mean, I, I look, I've only got what you guys have got YouTube to sort of have a look at what he looks good. He looks, you know, he looks the package, but when he, but I, I thought, well, this league that he plays in out in uh, Holland, you know, he's in the second tier out there, mm. wasn't he, I believe. Mm. And is that, you know, I'm not sure whether that's championship level, to be honest with you. I'm not an expert on foreign football. I maybe one of you I don't think he was, John, in the second no. tier. I think he was playing in their Premier League. Yeah, but that's all their top division. Wasn't oh, fair enough. Okay, I've got I've got that wrong then. Well, that's why so when yeah. he came on, I thought, you know, he, he did he looked a bit off the pace to me, and then all of a sudden he scored that goal. And I was like, thank God for that. <laughs> you know, this, this happy days. He is, you know, he can do it. So that was good. But I think for me, the, the one that's I'm really buzzing about is George Honeyman. I think right. that's such a shrewd boy. I really am impressed by that. I like Honeyman. I think he's going to be really good for us. And it just, it was out of the blue, you know, George Honeyman. I'm really positive about George Honeyman. So I think all the signings have been quite good, actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, we have to look at that game against the Nigels last week. Creswell came on. Oh, what a player. And was he a player? Yeah, we did a Cruyff turn of summer on the edge of our own box. And there's me. I'm almost having a bloody stroke at the thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sweeps this lovely ball out. And you think, 
Oh, yeah, well, okay then. Yeah, well, he can do that, so we won't worry next time he does it. And he just looked a player. I think he hit the bar. He scored with a header, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the impressive bit with Cresswell was when, you know, Crystal Palace had, have got three or four great big hulking brutes, yeah. haven't they, you know, up yeah, front. Yeah. And one of them was trying to muscle Cresswell off the ball, and he just swatted him like a fly. They, they replayed it on Twitter. He right. strong-armed him off, and the bloke went tumbling, and he just walks away with a ball. And I thought he's going to do well down the den, you know. I mean, that's that's that's, that's music to my ears, uh, John. Because as I say, I I, I, I want to be optimistic. This is oh, how are we collective? Are we optimistic? Do we, are we permitting ourselves? I'm looking around the screen, listeners. You won't see this, and I'm seeing quite a few years of Millwall hard-bitten <laughs> experience <laughs> looking back at me. Yeah. This is not a show for the kids. <laughs> um, and I, I, I fall foul of this every season, and I'm, I'm a sucker for wanting it to be optimistic. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Graham, are you optimistic going into the season, mate? How do you feel? Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, I, I, I think I've messaged you once the signing started yeah. coming in. Yeah, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, that this, this is, you know, and then the just as John mentioned, Honey, Honeyman looks a good signing for us. Yeah. I, I, you know, he'll fit in well. Fleming, obviously, I think Rao has been after him for a long while. You know, he tried to get him in January. And now it's mm. come to fruition. Oh, I was pleased Bennett Phobia come back because that looked yeah. like he was going to Broods and suddenly he's back at Millwall. Yeah, yeah. So um, the kid from Leeds, yes. And I think there's going to be another one from Leeds as they're coming in. Shackleton. Shackleton, Shackleton yeah. The only thing that worries me a little bit is this Danny Max saga. They've got, I think they've got to get him tied down to a contract, you know. I know it's all these silly bits from QPR, but it still won't go away, will it? No, you know, it's more on it last story, night. Isn't it? But, um, mm. I, I agree. We, I mean, he's, he's one of our talents. I mean, Matt, I mean, it's it, it's been a strange little thing with the Danny Max. It kind of came out of a clear blue sky. And then we've got some ludicrously low bids from Queen's Park Rangers and uh, Millwall level bids <laughs> traditionally, aren't they? I mean, yeah. silly hundreds yeah. of thousands for a player that should be having zero on the end of all, any of those numbers. But um, that's about the only thing that's been slightly um, unsettling. Are you are you permitting yourself to drink from the optimism cup, Matt? For the start, yeah. Of the well, well, I'm I'm similar to you, Nick. That um, I am. I'm definitely feeling positive, more positive than I can remember for a while. And I think it's on the back of, you know, three solid, good seasons. Let's face it. You know, we've we've, we've done well, and then progression, and then we, yeah, yeah. and then we're building on top of that. You know, because we look back two or three years, we got. Bradshaw in, we've got Leonard in, and then and you get Matt Smith in, you know. So we have, we've had decent buys the last few years, but now we've got three years behind us, and now we're building on top of that. And the quality just is is just a bit better. When I say, like, you know, three years ago, we were getting Bradshaw. Now we're getting the likes of Honeyman, you know, proven championship player. Um, I, I get what you're saying there, John, about Fleming. You know, it's kind of like, I want to be really excited. It's a brilliant goal, but it, you know it's a different league, isn't it? And so you just don't know yeah. how he's going to adapt to a different league. But yeah, I'm feeling positive, and I can't. But there's that there's that nagging doubt in the back of my mind that we're going to lose the first three games, you know. And it's like that's <laughs> just Ra- that's it'll just, be it out. Harry Harry will be <laughs> raising <laughs> Rowett out. <laughs> or, 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 <laughs> We're not two 0 up in the first half hour, and we're like we'll be yeah. booing him off at half time, won't we? You can, it's nil nil at half time against Stoke. It'll be a boo, won't there? 
I'm going to um, start a, a bingo on listeners. I'm going to start a bingo. First, the first call from Harry Ferrowit to get out. How long will it take? <laughs> it, it'll take it in good heart. I know. Love, Bless love him. No, I, I love, um, I love Harry. But um, yeah, no, it's but yeah, and um, I think the Danny Mac one is is a weird one because I yeah, you're right. I thought it, it came out like a bit of a joke, almost like a joke. Yeah, and it's still kind of kicking around. Um, yeah. But you can't think. I mean, with the money which we seem to be having at the moment, money's not going to be the issue. So he's not going to go because, I mean, we must have more money in QPR at the moment. And we're not going to let him go, are we? I mean, maybe let him go in maybe two years' time or something like that, two or three years' time. We've had a decent run out of him. You know, let him go for a few million. But um, there's no way we're going to let him go. I, I mean, the money's, the money's, I mean, Neil, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we always praise John uh, John Berylson and, and I will never do anything else but But he seems to be investing in a way that... Um, we haven't seen on, on for some time, really. I'm trying. Maybe um, when when Holloway was spending liberally. I mean, that's about the last time I can think of where we've really gone to town. And we do seem to be investing quite deeply at the moment. Uh, John must have had a must have backed a winner at the Dogs or something out there in America, must he? <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I think this Danny Mac situation is a storm in a teacup. I think that. I think the bids have probably been encouraged by the agent to give Millwall a kick in the nuts. Uh, to G it up a little bit, yeah, and to and to actually hurry up and to pay him. I think we discussed it on the show that we did last Friday, didn't we, Nick? Yeah, I, I cannot see him going at all. Not at well, all. I, I wouldn't. It was funny because I, I, I just saying before we started recording that I spoke to um, a, a Glasgow Rangers pod just before we started doing this, listeners, and they were asking about Zach Lovelace. And I made the point, and I stand by it to some extent. I know it's it's tough on on us that, to see him go, but I'd have to ask myself, would I go if I was a sixteen year old player of some talent? Where would I have gone? I probably would have done. If, I think most listeners probably would have done because you're only sixteen and you're weighing up, you know, the chance of, of the big time. Mm. What, what if I was Danny Mac? Would I go? I, no, certainly not the QPR. I, I can't yeah. see what would be in it for me. I mean, John, would you totally would you go to QPR, mate? Well, I, I agree with what Neil just said there, because this, to me, the, the elephant in the room here in football is the agents. That's the big difference in the modern right. game. I mean, back in the 70s and 80s, I mean, you and I, uh, Nick, spoke about our experiences in the uh, you know early to mid 70s you know there, there weren't agents it was managers used to ring managers mm. and um i was listening to um a show with mick mccarthy when he brought the two russians in the uh, <laughs> yeah you're, you're and on, he rang yeah. bobby robson and said are they any good and he went oh yeah they're brilliant you know and it was all of the amateur <laughs> thanks a lot bob Mind <laughs> you, finished. They were they were brilliant when they were sober, John. <laughs> well, yes, they were. But at the time, you got to remember, he's talking to the guy that said to us after Ipswich beat the six-one, we should be flame throwers. So, yeah. Animals, you know, wasn't it? It's called yeah, animals. So, yeah. But but anyway, um, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with Neil. To me, the Danny Mac thing smacks of. I think him and Billy Mitchell were on a lower wage structure because they come through the, the through the you know, ranks yeah. through the ranks, so they're not on the ten k a week and five and twelve and a half. And I think that's a story being spun out by his agent just to get a debate going because it's it's a nonsense. It's it's a non-story. QPR. I mean, look what we did to them when they came down the den um, last season. I mean, he's not going to go there, is he? It's, 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 yeah, I would, I would have thought so. Situations. Yeah, with the. Uh, yeah, with Lovelace and with Danny McNamara. Lovelace, Millwall were never going to keep him. 
never come up for Sundays because the agent and the parents, yeah, were tapped up. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because how else would Glasgow Rangers know about Zach Lovelace playing for Mills under 18s or whatever he played for? He only played, what, four or five games for the under 23s and got in the first team? Yeah, but they're tipped off about these players. Yeah. And no matter what Millwall did, they were never going to keep him because it's a strange move. You're 16. Why not just stay put at? Yeah, why not just stay put where you are? That's 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 our that's our in my case sixty something year old head on. You don't you can't put that on young shoulders, can you? I mean, yes, you're right. I mean, I, I think he would have development wise, he would have had a far better shot at being um, progressing, learning the game, learning the trade, and all the rest of it. But when you're sixteen, you you can't see. Um, yeah, but either the decision though, Nick, it's the parents and the agent that make the agent, the decision. Yeah. Yeah, well, each yeah. okay. Yeah, what flight do I get up to Glasgow? Yeah, well, he's got nothing to. Yeah, well, he's got nothing to do with it. Yeah, footballers are like robots; they do as they're told. You very, very rarely come across a footballer. Yeah, especially at that age, that knows what they want. Yeah, they're told what to do, so they go away and do it. Yeah, there's quite a few move, of our ex-players who. But, I mean, quite a few of our Matt, have um, disappeared without trace, haven't they? I mean, you know, you, you, you see these names that go to the boy that went to, uh, was it Darko that went to Manchester City? I mean, I know he's only young, so, you know. He's going to Huddersfield for 15 million or something, isn't he? Is he? Is that, is that, is that, I haven't followed it since. Is that where he's gone? Yeah, but was there something on Hoff the other day about uh, about somebody was after him and right. he were going to get umpteen millions for him? But that's what clubs like Man City do, is, is they harvest. Uh, yeah, young players from all over the country, and then they keep them for two or three years, decide they're not good enough, but they've developed them. So, well, then they kick them out and they make a profit on them, don't they? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Achtung Mool, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. I was interested from the Dartford game, just to go back to, to uh, Prince's Park the other night, I'm reading some rave reviews here about Bessart Top- Topologe. Mm. Yeah. Um, Gary Rao, on the, I think this is on the official site, um, going by the wording, is impressed with Topologe in the uh, performance at Dartford. A Kosovan under-19 international. We played 81 minutes before being replaced by Boating. I mean, um, Matt. I mean, did did you did you like him? The riot was raving about him on the on the uh, on the official site. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've I've seen his name before. I think he's been on the bench before, hasn't he? And um, he played against Palace as well, didn't he? I think in in that friendly, he was yeah. he was definitely there. I only caught the second half of that one, and I've, he, he quite impressed me there actually. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, John. I've done it with you for, but yeah, he was he was really good. Um, got yeah, good I mean, he's uh, good engine. He played, yeah. yeah, he plays on the left, does he? It, um, yeah, you got Danny Mack on the right, and uh, Bezart, they call him, don't they? Um, Bezart, I think, yeah. Bezart, yeah. Like Bezzy, yeah. Don't they refer yeah. to him on on the left. Well, he's good, got to be good competition for Scott Malone because, um, I mean, Scott Malone a bit flaky defending, isn't he? I mean, funny enough. Um, about two weeks ago, I bumped into Scott Malone at Chessington World of Adventures. There you go. He was just you, this is, this yeah. is the show to come for name dropping, John. Did you? <laughs> I, I believe it, wasn't it? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Scott Malone, right? And he went, Oh, eat, eat like, your heart out, out fellow Millwall podcast. We 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 get to meet the stars, we're here, mate. We're we got paid Chessington. Chessington World of Adventures, yeah, and um, there, he, there, he, there he was pushing a pram, Scott Malone, and I had a nice chat with him, and uh, right. bloke, you know, great, and we had a bit of a laugh, and I said to him, uh, love that goal you scored against Hull City, you know, we, we all knew you meant it and all that, and uh, so we had a good time, but watching Scott, I think this this top uh, best top of lodge, yeah, yeah, top of lodge, he, he you know, he, he he's got everything. Um, defensively, that I think Scott can sometimes struggle a bit, can't he? he? Gets turned inside out a bit, Scott Malone, and he he looks really assured to me. I mean, he puts his foot in and he he tackles without committing a foul, and uh, and he was very assured on the ball. You know, he looked nice and comfortable, plenty of time, not phased out. You know, the one to watch, I think. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I mean Graham. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw this. It was on the it might have been on the official side. Talking about loaning out again. Yet again, yeah. um, a low I mean, I, and Alex Mitchell again is on, and, and Topolos was mentioned as possibles to be loaned out. And then there's all this kind of stuff about how many game time minutes they're going to get, you know, playing for us versus maybe, I don't know, wherever they go, Sutton or, in, or, or wherever. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a mixed, mixed thing being loaned out, isn't it? Because to some level, I mean, I think if Isaac Alofi goes out again, You've yeah. got to be thinking if if not now, when? You know, when when will you become a part of the Millwall first team squad on a regular basis? Because that'll be is it two seasons he would have spent somewhere else? Yeah. Sutton. Two seasons um, at Sutton. And yeah. now if he goes out on loan again, you know, it is gonna be the case for he's never gonna make it at Millwall, is he? Because if he's like he's been 23, 24 when he comes back, if he goes out on loan again. 
But I, yeah. I do think that's one area in all that you've got you've got Bradshaw and Afobi. Both of them are injury prone, aren't they? They've been known to have injuries, and I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen maybe another striker coming. If I don't know if there's one coming, but I think that's yeah. an area, especially if Alafe Alafe goes out on loan as well. But we are quite right. What scared me with the Lafe in that Crystal Palace game was he had quite a lot of speed and that was quite evident, but he got bumped off the ball a little bit too easy. Yeah, I think there was a couple of times where where Palace defenders went into him and he's kind of gone over, a bit like Marquis, but he's got a lot more pace than Marquis. Yeah. And you just wanted the guy to basically just yeah, well, just to stand up to it and just let the yeah, well, let the Nigel rebound off you. But that was the one thing that that was the downside. I thought to him was he just seemed a little bit. He just seemed he got shoved off the ball a little bit much too easily. Yeah, bit, but I but, but I do agree that if they loan him out now, we might as well sell him because you can't have a player coming in. To make your first team debut at 23, 23, no, I mean it's yeah. just, it's it's late in his career. I mean, just from his own point of view, you must want there to be some stability. I mean, if it if you are League Two level and it's it sounds like he's got some ingredients but not the full package, then you you, you find your level and you make a, a career out of it. I mean, um, Matt, I mean Tyler Bury uh, scored a good goal the other night, didn't he, at Dartford? And he's also spoken of as a player that's more part of the middle scene now rather than one of the, the kind of lone groups. Um, I, I like Tyler. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, big season for him, though, ahead. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It really is. Because, I mean, you know, Jed going, um, yeah. I think he's going to be next one there. Obviously, we've got Fleming in. Yeah. But I think we're going, to, we're going to be expecting to be fighting for a place there. I mean, he, he played in a more central role against Dartford, so perhaps, you know, Rowett's trying him out of there. And he seemed, he seemed to quite like it. He seemed to have, he had the confidence there. And I mean, it's against Dartford, so again, you know, you've got that caveat there. But I, I like him and, you know, give him a chance. You know, it's um, it's a big season. I'd like to, you know, he's, he was a bit hot and cold last year, wasn't he? He had a few good, good, you know, few good games and then he was kind of drifting out. But I think if he was perhaps more central, then he's going to get a bit more of the ball. You yeah. know, and he's, he's he can finish. I mean, you know, the you know goals he scored last year, and it's a brilliant goal. So I yeah, I think it's a big season for him. And it's interesting, like you're saying about the, you know, do we do we stick with these players or do we send them out again? To be fair to Rowett, I think he's, you know, he's made some good decisions. You know, obviously Danny Matt coming back, Billy Mitchell's. You know, he's. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Billy Mitchell this year. Actually, I think it's a big season for him. What with Honeyman coming in, there's a lot of competition mm. in midfield now. And Saville was getting better towards the end of last season, wasn't he? So it's going to be a big season for him. But, you know, he's put Billy Mitch in and he's done really well. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, he has played youngsters. Um, I think he's been pretty pretty good, um, you know, gauge of who's when to put him in and when not to, really. So maybe, he's, you know, say trying to get that great, greater quality in the players that have played in the championship, he's... You know, he's pushing. He's going for like. He's not just going for six. I think he's going for fifth or fourth place. That's what we should be aiming for. You know, maybe not. Do we have the depth for that, mate? I mean, do you think we've got the depth, or we we're still building it, maybe? But no, I think I think I don't. Well, I think with the buys we've got, you know, Cresswell, if you get Shackleton in, got Fleming. Okay, he's a bit untried. Phoebe, Honeyman, and 
you know, we've still got six more weeks, haven't we? The transfer window. You know, if we can get yeah, that more, runs on into, into, into deep into August, doesn't it? Um, I mean, you know, you listen to me now. I'm getting excited now. I'm talking about fourth place. <laughs> it's great. You know, I'll, bite I'll bite your hand off now if you gave, if you gave me six, you know, on, on goal difference. So shut me up. Your we... shows are always brilliant, though, aren't they? Because I don't know if you ever listened to a start of the season show when when you become <laughs> haggard some months into the season when it's all started to go, go badly wrong and you listen to these... <laughs> Wonderfully, I mean, I remember predicting that Troy Parrott was going to be like the uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember what comparison, Kane. I can't, yeah, the, oh, the new okay. Harry Kane, yeah. Um, I, 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 <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's make these wild as wild as he's a dead yeah. parrot, yeah, instead, yeah, yeah. We weren't that far off last season. I think if we'd have showed a little bit more aptitude at times and not dropped some silly points, we probably could have finished. Fourth or fifth, no problem at all. Yeah, what? Yeah, what did we finish? Three, four. Um, did we come ninth, in eight, ninth, eighth or ninth, ninth? Was it? I think in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. We weren't far off off the pace, and um, we we seem to. I mean, Gary Rowett's management with Millwall, um, John, has been marked by periods of. You know, we, we, we're either it's either famine or feast of us, isn't it? We're either we're either going on losing streaks and the dearth of of football. And then suddenly we hit a winning streak, and it's it's either one or the other. I, I, I think if we can get some consistency going, we, there's no reason why we can't think in terms well, of uh, well, top ten certainly. Well, I'm reminded of an old saying, you know, if you eat if you eat like a mouse and shit like a bear, you're going to lose weight, right? So, <laughs> kind of, um, you know that. We went up to Blackpool. I'm writing the one down. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, it's, for me, it's all about the style of football he's playing. So he plays this, I'm going to open up an old wound here, but the, the formation, you know, the five, two, yeah. three, and I think with the midfielders he's brought in, it's going to be really interesting to see how that formation works because he's got the three central defenders, the two wing backs, then those two CDMs, as they're called now. You know, it's all it's all new to me. I'm a... I remember football when it was two, three, five, when it was the other way around, you know, two, four backs, your centre halves and five up front virtually. <laughs> and then and then Johan Cruyff come along and said, No, don't play like that. You go three, four, three, and the modern game started. So I don't know, yeah. It, it, I mean last season we seemed to we had the, we played well and then we just got into this teams were just walking through the middle of us and, and that system funneled them into the middle and then our too too much pressure on our two midfielders. You know, we're playing with too many midfield, and we were they were coming through the middle, and we had games. I think Peterborough played round us, and Swansea. You know, Swansea they, they did. Uh, yeah. At Luton at home, you know, with that uh, the kid who's the uh, Jack Greenish looking like. Where's Cornic, he, like, Jack yeah. Greenish? What's his name? Yeah. You know, and I thought, oh, this is Millwall that I'm used to in the 1970s when I was a little boy, you know. <laughs> you don't want to go back to that. I mean, sort of division stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it, for me, it depends on how he deploys these players. And I, just one thing, I think you've got to really give Tyler Bury a chance. I, I, you know, have a bit of faith in him. I, I'm a big fan of Tyler Bury. I think he's got that little bit of magic about him, you know. I mean, Graham. One thing I, I think we the failures of last season. I mean, and, and and John just reminded me of the Peterborough game, which I went to, which uh, was was a bit of a scar scarring experience. But it seemed to be a failure of what I would call leadership on field leadership, particularly. I'm hoping that the signing of George Honeyman, or for everything I read about this boy, and even to some extent 
watching Chris Creswell. These don't seem like players that tolerate less than 100%. And I think that's going to be the key to our season because we can't afford these uh, scrappy periods again where we go three or four, five games without a win or a series of four straight defeats, which has been the pattern so far, hasn't it? I think the big thing this season is we've got to improve on the away form because home form last Mm. year was probably the best in the league. So if they can just pick the away form up, and that's where you're going to need these leaders in these some of these like these like your Blackpool's away and you know Hull away and places like that where tough, you tough need players to yeah. stand up, yeah. you know the tough games. And I think if we can sort out the away form, you know, and and you know the home form obviously continues, then we should you know it should. That's the main issue last season was the away form that was very poor, wasn't it? Yeah, great point. Achtung. In a perverse sort of way, if the loss of Judas, Jed, were... <laughs> oh, come on, Neil. If the loss of Judas, Jed, were actually a good thing for us, it seemed to me that everything had to go through Jed Wallace. Yes. Yeah. So... Yeah. so so if Jed Wallace went missing, which he did, yeah, but let's not claim he's the yeah, but he's anything like messy. the new messiah. He's not the new messiah, no. Um, <laughs> and well, he is the messiah. If he went missing or didn't play well, invariably we didn't play well. So now we have to learn to play well without him. Totally yeah, and and. I'm just wondering if it will be a bit of a blessing in disguise for us. I've just been thinking it as yeah. Yeah, as we sat here talking that we, yeah, that last year we had some awful games. All of those games you're on about that Peterborough game was yeah, probably there, there were other games, games, but that was particularly Blackpool. 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 They and yeah, but these teams were nothing teams. These are the kind of teams that if you've got aspirations of the top six. You have to turn up and turn them over. No, you're right. You're right. It, it was quite safe to say that Jed didn't play well in any of them, so we didn't play well. And I'm just wondering that that if actually losing him, yeah, will actually be a good thing for Millwall. It's an interesting point, Neil. I mean, I mean, Matt. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I remember. I mean. It was. It, we were Jed's team, weren't we? I mean, so like Zig, Ziggy Stardust. Now, where he became the band, and that was that. He was the man, and if he, he was our sole creative, the only player given license to run in this. I'm just reading about um, Tyler given a more central role. He was. He was. You know, Jed's going to play centrally. Jed's going to do this and, and do that. I, th- I think Neil's got onto something there. I think the sharing of the creative burden won't go and miss a little bit. I mean, we we, we do have players now that can hopefully create and that's going to be their role and you know i think if any team that builds too much around one personality i mean i suppose if you go to the very top level even have a manchester united and cristiano i mean you cannot become all about one player can you you know it's it's got to be it is a team game ultimately i agree and um you know i, mean, I don't really want to use them as an example um but you think about palace with um was it zahar wasn't it two or three zahar. seasons ago it was, yeah if it wasn't zahar they'll be going down yeah. So what they've done is they've kind of built a team and like Zaha's not really needed now so much. I mean, hopefully, you know, they fall to pieces and they go down. Um, but, you know, that, that's, it's, 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 never, it's never a good thing to build a team around a player. And I think you're right. We, 
we relied on him for his skill, um, for his assists, for his goals, but also for his leadership because he was a leader on the on the pitch. He was. He would, yeah. he, he would get the team going. It was a bit like you know Tomo used to do as well. You know, you need players like that, and so you're absolutely right. We, you know, Honeyman could be one of those players. Cresswell. We need a team of them, really. When you think about all the successful teams throughout history, any football team, there's a team of leaders. You know, you're not yeah. relying on one or two people, are you? So, I, I think you're right, Neil. I think, um, and hopefully, I hope you're right. You know that we we won't miss him. I don't think we will, you know, because I think we've got some good players coming in. And you, you know, I'm, I'm positive. Well, I can't believe I can't believe I'm being so positive on it. I thought I was positive, quite negative right. on here when I came. I'm just positive. looking at my match notes here. Jamie Shackleton. I, I, I love any any Arctic explorer names, Millwall. If you listen, I do yeah. love a signing with an Arctic exploration linkage. So the Shackleton's coming in. Um, possibly working on a loan deal. Um, he's a midfielder, right-sided midfielder, possibly competition for, I guess, on, on the right side, that would be uh, Danny Mack, wouldn't it? Um, hopefully an announcement will follow before Friday's friendly at Colchester. Um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, I just want to move us along a little bit, boys. I mean, um, it is difficult this time of year because you don't have an awful lot to, to um, you know, to lay your hands on. I was surprised that we, we've got our match categories. I don't know if any of you saw this on the official website. I mean, for a fairly nondescript league, we've got quite a few Category A games. It's just struck yeah. me that there aren't any flashpoint games this season to me, and yet they've defined um, Stoke as Category A. Stoke. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Cardiff. First game, isn't it? Okay. Uh, QPR? Maybe. Uh, Watford. Watford Category A? Definitely London derbies, aren't they? So, yeah, maybe I'm two 1970s nil, but I just don't see these as category A games. That to me is Millwall versus Everton, or you know West Ham, or uh, you know someone like that. It's, it's weird, and it? it's got to be. A, it's, uh, they're, they're all the same category to me. It's all category. You know, category bland. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just interesting. Norwich is a category A. I suppose they just base it on, I think, the needs of the Support. metropolitan police for overtime. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what yeah. police defining are yeah. for that. But um, yes, on the, the official website, if anyone wants to look. Um, mm. Optimism we've covered. Fans Forum. I don't know if any of you have ever been to a Fans Forum. My. my Advice to anyone thinking of going is don't. <laughs> <I've been to> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> you, you just get the world's uh, the, the 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 kind of uh, the mill fans that will go to a fans forum. <laughs> you, they turn out. <laughs> you ever been to a fans forum, Neil? Do I look like the kind of person? To be honest, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't, mate. No, you don't. No. What about you, John? Ever been to a fans forum? Never even thought about it, and never been a member of the Mill Supporters Club. It just—it's not—it's—it's it's, it's too lemon drizzle cake and a cup of tea for me. You know, it's not Mill Wall. We don't have support. We don't have supporters clubs and forums. We have the Coldplay Lightning and the halfway line. You look like a cake. <laughs> Graham, you look like a lemon drizzle cake kind of bloke. I don't, I don't yeah. mind oh, yeah. lemon drizzle personally. If I'm in Costa, you know. Um, no, I've never yeah. been. To no, I mean, they're, 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 always, they're always staged in the exec lounge. It's always obviously in the summertime, so it's normally oppressively hot in there. 
and the manager comes in, well, Gary Rout will come in, and someone will ask him a question. And, and there's always someone that seems to think that they know how to organise corner kicks and sell him out. <laughs> to his, it's it's kind of it's kind of fascinating and kind of repulsive all in one thing. It's it's odd, you know, it's a fascination of it all. Um, anyway, fans forum. So my, my oh, advice is Middlesex County Cricket Club. <laughs> Because I'd actually been there all day, and I, I went with a couple of people. We were well oiled, and we went <laughs> there. And uh, they proceeded to say how three of the players had been tapped up, and it was, <laughs> it was quite an interesting experience. But to be honest, yeah, well, you're exactly right. Yeah, there's always somebody in there that will know more about coaching than the manager. Or, they, or transfer deals, they know they, they've got the inside thread on something. Um, you asking them anything too difficult, do they, or too tricky? Uh, yeah, they just yeah, they just wheel out the party line, don't they? And yeah, 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 just seems like a bit of a waste of time to me, a bit of a waste of an evening when you can watch a test match or something like that. Or I'd agree with that. I mean, if you are interested, listeners, let, don't let me discourage you from going. If you do, it's, it's at the den on uh, Thursday the twenty eighth, and I think Gary Rowett will do the lead off bit, and then it's um, Steve Kavanagh and the the Mill support. Achtung, Millwall. Um, my my last talking point for us, gentlemen. I, I mean, this 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 struck me the other day, and I put it on Twitter. You've probably all seen it in different guises, but um, I was really struck by Fulham. Um, charging £100 for certain categories of ticket for their home games Premier League. Is that the price of Premier League football? I, I wouldn't pay it, would you, chaps? I mean, I'll go around the, go around the table. I mean, I, I know it's an easy thing to say and it's your club and all the rest of it, but 100 quid for an average Premier League game? I wouldn't Nick, pay it. Up on one thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That season tickets are actually quite reasonable. I was listening to the price of football. Uh, this morning, and they were okay. talking about it, yeah. Their season tickets are 550 600 pounds Okay. So this is only really aimed at your casual fan. I think if you want to go to Fulham... On a regular basis, get yourself a season ticket. If you're committed on a regular basis, I think it comes out to about 50 or 60 quid or something like that. I think it's only... You know, it's only really to... Give it to get your day tourists, isn't it? So okay. I think they'll leave them with a few quid. But it is an obscene amount of money if you just want to turn up and watch a game of football and you can't afford that initial outlay. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, play, if, if that's their season ticket regime, then that's that's different, and that that blunts my that blunts my attack really. But um, a hundred pound ticket for an average Premier League game in any any I don't. Know, just seems like a huge amount of money. For yeah, well, just Millwall these days. I think I paid thirty odd quid on the day last season, which I almost had a stroke. I don't mind admitting, never <laughs> thinking I was going to pay twenty five pound. And yeah, but she said something like that will be thirty two quid. I said I only want one seat, mate. I don't want. <laughs> I think about thirty quid, don't they? I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, um, yeah the range I, from about thirty to thirty seven. I think. 37. Match day. 37. Yeah, um, the upper I, kitcheners. But I agree with the Premier League. Is they cap their away prices at 30 quid. Do they? And I know in our league, you can pay 
up to 40, can't you? 45 quid. I think, yeah, I think Graham might have something to say on this. Yeah, I was just going to say Reading have, have come out of a scheme where they'll, with any reciprocal club, charge £20 for the away support, providing Reading fans get the same. Let's say if Millwall do it at the den. And what the last I read, only two teams had gone in with it. Millwall wasn't one of them, but yeah, that, you know, where you get a cheaper price for the away ticket. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very general point, obviously. I mean, you know, I take the point, Neil, about the, the Fulham season tickets. And if that's the case, then they're encouraging regular support. So fair play to them on that. I mean, I think there is, there is a wider point. I've been watching this. Um, Freddie Flintoff show that uh, where he tries to get a cricket club going in um, in, in Preston, one of, the, one of the real deadbeat parts of Preston, and that's saying something, isn't it? Um, and it's it just really struck me about, I suppose, you know, John and you and I have spoken about the 1970s when we started going to football. You could do it because it's a relatively cheap thing for kids yeah. to, to take off and go to football. Um, and this is this, that, that world of deciding with your mates to go to a sports event, whether it be cricket, in, in the case of the show that he's doing at the moment, or our own collective experience. It's just such a world away because you can't, A, you've got a plan for it now, but the, the expense involved is disproportionately high. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is, is, it the, is that well, the, the, the waxing lyric of an old man now? I, I don't know. No, cricket is the one that's really been knocked on, that's really been messed up, yeah. I think, because... I mean, um, first of all, you know, this is not getting political, but it was taken off of our screens. You could watch a test match, Mm. um, uh, you know, full-day coverage, and then it went to Sky, and that was it. So, but I mean, I lived in New Cross when I was a boy, hence small Millwall. But but I remember jumping on a 53 bus going to the Oval and watching Ian Botham score his 1,000th test run Mm. against India. And Bisham Betty, you know, and it and money, it was it was pennies, it was coppers, it mm. was like or you know, a quid or something like that to get into the oval. And I think the consequence of that is that now, you know, in order to be a good cricketer, not so much football, but certainly rugby union and cricket, you know, you've got to come from a middle class background because you're not going to get the opportunity to even watch um, you know, your idols and your heroes. Probably a broad generalization there, but I do agree with your point, Nick, you know. So it's a very valid point, I think. You know, a test match apparently is about £140 a day. Yes. I had a look for England versus South Africa. It was about that level at Lord's. Um, yeah, my boy went to Middlesex and the mob from across the river. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I think he said it was about 40 quid. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Oh, but disco cricket. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2020. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, when I was a Middlesex member, I think it was about £170 for the season. Something absolutely ridiculously cheap. But now, you're you're priced out to go to Rugby Union. You have to go and watch a Premiership Rugby Union match, apparently it's about 45, 50 quid in some rounds. And that's Mm. a... And you have you, you price out your market. I mean, um, I mean, it was also interesting. I mean, this is a cricket program, but I take my hat off to Flintoff for doing what he's doing. I don't know if you've seen it, Matt, but it's it, what really struck me is A, they didn't know who he was. They'd not got a clue who Freddie Flintoff yeah. was. Wow. They, didn't know, they didn't know what cricket was. Um, yeah. Genuinely, I don't think these kids are act. You know, I mean, they all look like they're from the... Oh, okay. The, the tough side of, of town and they just did not know what he was talking about. He wants to give them do to do something with their time, like a, a youth club initiative mm. and fair play to him. 
Um, they, they had not got a clue who he was, <laughs> what the game of cricket was. They had never heard of it. So I do think that sports, I mean, you're not going to change this because the money is, is, is too deep in all. We've mentioned rugby. We've mentioned, um, I went to tennis uh, and money money is, is yeah. the one ending. You're not going to change it. But the price of that is that you alienate a certain section. And I, I do wonder where it leads us. Because, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't start going now if um, well, I was a kid unless somebody took me, you know. I don't know. That yeah. it's, a really, it's, it's a really good, I think you're absolutely right. And it's it's almost, um, well, the fact that we're on this podcast now, obviously, like, we, you know, we all support Millwall, we love Millwall, but we love, we love football, we love sport. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot out of it for our lives, you know, yeah. and um, stuff that stayed with us through, you know, personal life, work life and stuff like that. So kids just haven't got the easy access to it like we did growing up in the, right. you know, 70s and 80s. And it's, um, it's, it's a, I think it's a real shame. It's just, outright, I mean, the, the prices are obscene and it's kind of, you know, it, it taps into that kind of whole half and half scarf thing and stuff like that, where it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just, I don't know. And you're right. Maybe it's just grumpy old men moaning about it. Because are, are we going to change it? But I think I think this. I think this. I think society should do more around it. And maybe this splinter thing. I mean, obviously, he's just making a TV program, isn't he? But you know, if that starts somebody else to do it around the country, then that's got to be a good thing to just kind of get more kids involved in sport. You know, because you get so much from it, don't you? No, I agree. Agree. I think as we're getting into grumpy old men zone, that's a good point. Actually, that's a, that's a good moment to probably leave. Do do watch the show, listeners. I, I recommend it. It's well worth a, it's well worth a watch. Um, I think we've we've probably exhausted our ability to talk about Mill's friendly situation at the moment. So I just want to say thank you to my uh, alternative alternative rotating team tonight. That's that's Graham, Neil, Matt, and John. Thank you all, boys, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Um, Thank you to you too, dear listeners, for tuning in. We will be back probably soon. As soon as I can muster up some enthusiasm for friendly matches, we'll be back. Until the next edition, Sarivadurchi Millwall, and bye for now. You have been listening to Achtung, Millwall. Please do leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Danke schon. Up the lines. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.